Good morning. It's Monday, June 13th. I'm Mark Garrison filling in for Shemitah Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Senators have a deal on new legislation aimed at preventing gun violence. The agreement came on a weekend where tens of thousands of Americans rallied nationwide for stricter laws. Sunday also marked six years since the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, where a gunman killed 49 people. The framework does a lot less than many Democrats and families of shooting victims called for. It's notable for what's not in it. The proposal wouldn't ban any guns or high-capacity magazines, and it would still allow 18-year-olds to buy assault-style weapons. That is the age of the gunman in the recent Uvalde and Buffalo shootings. Delaware Democratic Senator Chris Coons talked to CNN's Dana Bash about the political reality that any changes to gun laws need Republican senators on board. Politics, Dana, is the art of the possible. And frankly, it really helped to have Senator John Cornyn, a conservative aggressive Republican from Texas. Cornyn is credited with rounding up enough GOP support to break through a filibuster. None of the 10 Republican senators backing the deal are up for re-election this year. The Wall Street Journal explains the deal is just a framework. It provides money for mental health programs, school security, and for states to implement red flag laws. These allow law enforcement to take guns away from people threatening violence. The proposal would expand background checks for people under 21 to include their juvenile history. And it would close the so-called boyfriend loophole by barring people from getting guns if they have domestic violence convictions or restraining orders related to a partner, even if they're not married. Now, this deal still needs to be drafted into a bill and then reconciled with the House version, which was passed mostly along partisan lines and was far more sweeping. But if Congress can get this done, it would be the broadest federal gun legislation in decades. Sticker shock at the grocery store and at the pump are causing lots of Americans to drastically modify their lifestyles. So nearly 90% of Americans say that they're starting to bargain hunt or look for cheaper deals. That's from a new Washington Post poll. Economics correspondent Abba Batra explains how habits are shifting. We've also heard from people who are making all sorts of life changes, maybe stopping eating meat, for example, you know, spacing out their showers more so that they're not using as much hot water, really going out of their way to cut back on driving, you know, trips to the grocery store, maybe looking for more reasons to work from home. The latest numbers show inflation at 8.6%. That's the highest level in more than four decades. Post poll finds two thirds of people worry that it's only going to get worse. So some folks are trying to get ahead. So if there's a scenario which we're hearing from people already that you know they're expecting that prices for items are going to be higher next week or next month, so they're stocking up now, that can create increased demand for those products and send the prices higher. Now the reality is, in some ways, the economy isn't doing badly. Throughout the last year or two, we've seen a really great labor market. We've seen a lot of good economic news. But when you drive by the gas pump and it says prices are $5 a gallon, I mean, that is enough to sort of scare everybody into thinking that we're in a moment of just terrible economic gloom and doom. And it really feels like that. That makes it a challenge for the White House. It's hearing about prices daily, even when the president was on Jimmy Kimmel last week. Look. Inflation is the, is, is, the, is the bane of our existence. The Post's poll finds Americans largely blame corporations and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but many also blame Biden for rising prices.
So are you the kind of person who's really good at predicting things? You just have a hunch for which team's going to make it to the finals or which celebrity couples are going to go the distance. Well, Bloomberg Businessweek is out with a profile of a new financial exchange that allows people to bet serious money on stuff like that. Here's reporter Benjamin Bain. Essentially, it's a chance for people to take views on everything from what the weather is going to be like in Central Park in New York to whether it's going to rain in Seattle to who's going to win the Oscar for best uh, picture to when someone's album might drop. This company is called Kelshi. It recently got the green light from federal regulators. One of the former regulators later joined Kelshi's board. So I think the hope for Kelshi is that they're going to be able to go after more institutional investors, and this is going to kind of become uh, Wall Street's next big thing. One of the co-founders in our conversation with him said he thinks this could be bigger than crypto. Here's a simplified version of how it works. Investors buy and sell assets based on yes or no questions, like, will the weather this year be the hottest in history? If that happens, investors who bet on it get paid. Those who bet against it lose their investment. Kelsey aims to make money no matter what happens, by charging a commission on every trade. They could also sell data to political campaigns, businesses, really anyone who wants to know what might happen in the future. Now, if you're thinking this sounds like straight-up gambling, Bain told us it kind of depends on who you ask. If you ask people linked closely to this emerging asset class, they'll argue that this is a form of investing, this is a form of hedging risk. Now, you'll talk to other people and they'll say, of course this is gambling. The idea of a prediction market isn't new. It's based on a well-studied concept about how groups of people predict things. The idea is you can draw on the wisdom of a large crowd and collectively, they're more likely to get it right when there's money on the line. Prediction markets have been used to guide decisions at the Defense Department and big companies like Google. In the past, though, regulators have been skeptical of opening up larger prediction markets. They were concerned investors might try to manipulate outcomes. Now that Kelsey's exchange is open, I'll be watching closely to see how the masses predict everything from politics to whether NASA will land someone on the moon before 2025. Jurassic World Dominion opened this past weekend in the U.S. In total, across the world, it's pulled in close to $400 million. The franchise has been going for nearly 30 years, with tiny human actors taking on roaring giants. ABC News decided to talk to some real dinosaur experts to see what the movies have gotten right and wrong over the years. As you'd expect, it's Hollywood, so they took plenty of creative license. For example, it's pretty awesome to see a Tyrannosaurus fight a Giganotosaurus on screen, but paleontologists say in real life, they never would have bumped into each other. They hung out on different continents, like 30 million years apart. And what about one of the most iconic dinosaurs? Think back to that scene in the first movie, where the kids were hiding in the kitchen. Timmy, what is it? Velociraptor. I'd never heard of that one before the movie. But the thing is, the animal you see creeping past the ice machine isn't what experts call a Velociraptor anymore. That's actually named Deinonychus. Velociraptors, as we understand them today, were probably around the size of a small dog. You'd expect directors to make movie dinosaurs bigger and scarier. But in one way, the Hollywood versions are really basic. The Jurassic Park dinosaurs tend to be gray or brown, all these neutral tones, like they shopped at the same prehistoric banana republic. Paleontologists say that's outdated. They now believe dinosaurs were actually much more colorful, and a lot of them had feathers. One scientist told ABC he doesn't mind the inaccurate parts all that much. The movies get people excited about the topic and give him a chance to explain the real science. 
You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app, including coverage of the second public hearing by the January 6th committee, which begins today at 10 a.m. Eastern. And while you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.